0: Hi ho there, it's me Jordan Peterson, and today on my program I've got a very special guest to talk with you. Please welcome, of course, Alpha Male himself, Andrew Tate. Hello bruv, happy to be here. More than happy to talk to you bruv. Looking to have a good time. I brought my own cigar, we're going to have a good time. (coughs) All right, bruv, lay it on me. Well, Mr. Tate, I just brought you here because I really wanted to talk to you about, you know, the fall of Western civilization. Wouldn't you say that Western civilization is in a terrible state? Oh, of course. Bruv, of course Western civilization is in terrible state because women now run everything, and men can't even bribe a police officer to get out of trouble. For smacking a woman around, it's bloody ridiculous, mate. Bro, I'm telling you, we're going America, the worst. England, worst. Where well, it's great, any country where you can pay off the cop with like fifty bucks. It's a great country that. They don't care what you're doing if you got a hundred dollars on you. Maybe. You've got a couple of girls in the trunk of your car. You bring them back to your place. To like, pay them out. And suddenly, there's a police officer just in your window, my bruv. In your window. Just harassing you. So just slip them $150. Next thing you know, you're about your business. Now that's, that's Eastern Civilization, bruv. Way better. Way better. When, when I think about the all of western civilization myself. I just, I can't help but imagine little boys being forced to masturbate to large women and I just, I just, the tears, I can't stop the tears. It just, it makes me so sad, bro. Oh, now you got me saying the bro. Bruv, don't you start crying on me, bro. I swear to God, Jordan, don't you fucking start crying on me. Oh, bro, Oh, bruv, now I'm going to start crying too. I just... Little boys being told that they should get a bonus for for large women. It's just... It's enough to make me sad. You know what I'm saying? Oh, bruv. Bruv, I do know what you're saying. Because when I think... Because now I'm thinking about sad thoughts like... Sitting in a British prison for the rest of my life. Bruv, I just... I just I can't can't handle it, that's, that's where I live in, that's where I live out here, in, in Romania. Oh, bro, bruv, I can't. Would you be willing to hold poor sobbing Jordan Peterson in your big, strong, manly arms? In your, your big, strong, manly arms? Andrew Tate, would you be willing to do that? Bruv, come here, bruv. Hold me, hold me, bruv. All right. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Andrew Tate. I really appreciate it. I'm just feeling so down. Well, just so you know, the cost of holding Andrew Tate is one handy. What? What? That's what I charge you all the girls. Oh, I think we're going to cut to a commercial break. You're damn right we're going to cut to a commercial break. Welcome to the show Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ruben and Cut Today, like all days, we've got a very special episode Today... We're going to be talking about that alpha male grift. First of all, we're going to get, I'm going to have to get into some explanation because some of you might not know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, good for you, you're very lucky. Or you have a vagina. Or you're lucky and you have a vagina. Or you're smart. Wait, well, hold on now. That's someone who would reject this when they heard it, not someone who just doesn't happen to know about it. The point is, if you haven't heard about this, you're lucky. Okay? And you're also probably an adult. Maybe. Some adults have been sucked into this. And also, it's been going on... The problem has been going on since the 90s, where apparently Time Magazine at some point brought the concept into the mainstream, and then marketing people ran with it. Especially in business, where business people are literally looking for any justification to be like, Yeah! Selfishness! Selfishness! Good! Yeah! rise to the top! Everyone who fails deserves it! Yeah. That's what, that's what business people are like. Because <clears throat> they have to justify their own success in a system of exploitation. Okay. And I'm, of course, talking about big business, not your friend who owns a store. We've all got friends like that. Well, I think most of us have a friend like that or have had friends like that. That's not important. Let's get back. So what is an alpha male? What is a beta? What is an omega? And apparently, I have been informed now that there's like four others of these that they just fucking invented. And the problem is... Actually, this. I'm going to have to explain it first before I get into the problem. Can't get ahead of yourself, Ruben. Take a deep breath. Get through the frustration. (sighs) Okay, so let's back up for a minute. Where does this come from? Well, for an interesting portion of the 20th century, the concept of the Alpha, Beta, Omega was sort of like a very common thing in how we studied animals the alpha of course being the leader of the pack or herd the beta being sort of like their second in command or lackey and the omega uh, periodically being used for two different things either to describe someone like say a lone wolf or something like the or the person who is at the bottom of the pecking order depending on what material you're reading Now the thing is, and the big thing, the concept I'm putting forward to you here right now is that not only is the alpha male concept bullshit, but that even if it was real, they would still be misusing it and lying to you. Now, let me say something else before we get into this. This all, everything I'm about to talk to you is personality test pseudoscience. Repeat, personality test test pseudoscience the world is full of personality tests some of them are based on more psychology than others some of them aren't based on fucking anything one of the most famous personality tests in the world was created by two mystery novel writers instead of you know people who've studied human beings and the way the human beings are and the dangerous thing about personality type tests like these things and let me be clear i'm not here to debunk this as a personality types as a form of science completely i'm not interested in investing my time and effort into that if someone wants to come on my program and explain to me why they think they're good that's fine but before i get into this i need to stress something to you the way that personality tests work regardless of whether or not any personality tests are real and let me be sure some of them are definitely horseshit like I will give you the possibility that maybe there's some unexplained psychology that makes it so I don't understand all the personality tests, and maybe there's someone, uh, some personality test out there that's more comprehensive and actually works in some weird way. But the reality of the matter is is that personality types are horoscopes for people who want to feel like they're doing something that's more scientific, Uh, even though, arguably, it's... My, some of them are arguably less scientific than horoscopes, which is a hard thing to be. But at least with horoscopes, I can say, well, you know, people watch the stars. That's kind of a science thing. With a lot of these, it's people saying bullshit. And the reason I'm forewarning you here is that when I started, when I was doing a tiny bit of research here just to make sure I knew where I was on all these things and I wasn't just pulling shit out of my ass, I'll probably still be pulling some shit out of my ass, uh, but... Uh, I pulled up a video to explain to me the seven types of personalities. And I considered debunking this video uh, step by step, but I don't have to. Because, let me be clear here, out of the personality types that exist, only three of them are based on what we actually wrote about animals. And the others, people made them the fuck up. But the danger of all personality tests is that as you're watching the video or you're hearing the explanation or your friends telling you why you're a Leo, I I mean, technically you're a Leo because when you're born, but they're telling you the things that make up the traits of a Leo and then be like, that's why you're like this. It's because the human brain is very malleable and it's designed to essentially rationalize or justify things in our head so that we can keep a grip on reality around us. Now, the thing about that is, is that it wants to build a cohesive image. So if someone starts describing, in this case, I was watching the video, and it started to describe this video's definition of an Omega Man, which, by the way, varies pretty dramatically from fucking theory to theory on this shit, essentially described a personality type that I was like, oh, fuck, that does sound like me both in a positive and negative way. Am I I an Omega Man? Maybe. Maybe I am. However, (laughs) that's the danger of these things. Your brain wants to identify with them. It's being told information, and it wants to take it in as true, unless it already has information to contradict it. And the thing about the personality types and these types of things is that they're very easy for your brain to loosely wrap into your overall big picture. So it's ve- it can be very tempting to listen to one of these descriptions and be like, oh man, I relate to that. You might. All the descriptions are, are just basic human behaviors listed as if they can build up to something. So of course, some things you're going to hear and be like, yeah, I feel that, I relate to that. The question is, do you take this further and identify as it? And if you were identifying it as it, what would that fucking mean? So essentially, scientists used to use these things to describe animals and pack behavior. However, years later, other scientists started to observe pack behavior and suddenly realized that they had fucked up. That at a certain point in science, they had misunderstood what they were watching. And by obser- and what they determined and discovered was, is that pack animals specifically, which is not the same necessarily as animals that are hugely social, but pack animals are actually just families. Prides of lions, uh, packs of wolves, they're families. And basically, what that come down to is that they were looking at these groups, seeing the father wolf, and going, "Oh, that's the alpha, that's the alpha wolf, the leader," and then seeing the quote-unquote beta or deputy wolf, and being like, "Oh, that's the that's the that's the second in command, their follower," and and everyone else as sort of like a series of lower-ranking betas waiting to move up the chain. However, what they were actually witnessing was that the alpha was the dad, and the beta was the mom, and that's why they were in charge. And all the other wolves looked up to them because they were the fucking kids. Since this has been discovered, pack pack mentalities and theories have had to change and adjust. (sighs) On today's show, I'm also going to be talking about some of the people who are pushing these incredibly problematic narratives on men. But we'll get to that in a minute. Mm. We'll get to that in a minute. Allow me to elaborate clearly. Now, I said something a minute ago, which was, even if, even if these things we were being told were true in regards to how they related to animals the major public, the people pushing these concepts, would still be, you know, misleading you. Misleading you a lot. Allow me to explain why. But first, this is, but first, let's listen to a TikTok from Andrew Tate. Ah, God, there's fucking music all through this thing. Never mind. Never mind. We're not gonna... You know what? Fuck Andrew Tate. I don't need to play you a clip of Andrew Tate. We don't need to hear Andrew Tate. This... But... Uh, uh, uh should have known TikTok would have copyrighted music in it. How do they fucking get away with that? Uh... How the fuck do they get away with that? Okay. Anyway, so... I don't... I don't really want to go into exactly who Andrew Tate is... I'm sure you've heard about Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate, and I could, oh. So who is Andrew Tate? Andrew Tate is a fucking douchebag, uh, who was born in fucking Indi, I think it was Indiana. I think it was Gary, Indiana. And at a certain point, his uh, problematic parents got a divorce, and he was moved to England, I believe with his mom? Uh, but so he's got a weird accent where it's a little bit British but not quite. <sighs> Andrew Tate then became a mixed martial artist, kickboxer who did pretty well for himself and was even like uh like a champion of some kind. Did pretty good. But eventually he was he was at least smart enough to realize that uh he couldn't just make a living his whole life getting, you know, Destroying his body with violence. Because that's what violence does, by the way. And so he proceeded to just come up with a bunch of fucking scams. Whether that be uh, creating a fucking webcam company where he had his, at the time, girlfriends, uh, basically be sex workers on the internet, um supposedly he was the one actually typing the sexy things to the people on the internet uh, while they just would be there looking pretty in the beginning, uh, which is insane and also, like, shows you what a fucking grifter he is. And he, this is the, the problem with Andrew Tate is that Andrew Tate is an extremely successful masculinity grifter. He is all about that alpha male lifestyle. And he's here to tell you that if you're a real alpha male, you gotta put women in their place, you can't be a beta cuck bitch, and you gotta basically just do whatever you fucking want. Now the thing about Andrew Tate that is alarming is that Andrew Tate is a person who somehow manages to be like clearly, openly corrupt and yet still manages to talk teen boys on the confused young men and teen boys on the internet into joining his MLM, you know, pyramid scheme. That pyramid scheme, of course, being Hustlers University, which right there, I feel like we've lost sight of where the word Hustler came from, because it was akin to a con artist back in the day. Although hustlers weren't necessarily con artists, hustlers could also do lower, other low-level crime, like pimping. Which, to be fair, Andrew Tate sounds pretty positive on pimpin'. Down with the pimpin'. Uh, and we know that, because he's had numerous sex worker issues, including, you know, just abducting, forcing women to stay on and work for him and his company in foreign countries they weren't born in. Uh, Which is, sounds like a crime, right? And when I say openly corrupt, what do I mean? Well, basically, Andrew Tate has literally said out loud that he moved to, what is it, Romania? Is that where he is now? He has said it out blatantly that the reason he has moved there is because it is corrupt. And that he can pay off the law. In fact, he ha- literally brags about paying off the law. You know what? Okay, I'm gonna find that clip. Hold on. Hold on. We're gonna do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see if we can find this. Okay, I hope this isn't. Oh, and apparently. Why do you do, can I
1: ask why do you choose to live there
0: in Romania? Yeah. All right, this is perfect. Okay, here we go, people. He's about to tell them why he moved to Romania. Why actually... do you do, can I ask why do you choose to live there
1: in Romania? Yeah, I know you. I know you have like businesses and things going on there, but but why there? Because Western society is degraded, and Western society is. More corrupt. How do I say this in a way that it's not going to get it taken off Spotify? All right, oh, okay. oh, Spotify. Spotify, Spotify we, listen, not, we, we had a woman get a tits. Yeah, out yeah she got yeah, Spotify, Spotify yeah. worked for us. Don't, oh, don't worry about oh, it, gangster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then put your seatbelt back on. No, but I think the Western. I think the Western world. There's something that I very, that very much. Angers me about the Western world. I don't feel comfortable here. I don't like the way it functions and operates. I think it's the most corrupt, disgusting, degraded societies on earth. There's nothing left besides money and corporate agenda. And I like living in countries where, one, there's some kind of moral fiber beyond the dollar. And two, I like living in countries where corruption is accessible for everybody. So in Romania, where I happen to live, is the most Christian country on earth. There's churches everywhere. People see a higher power beyond simply just money and government. They, they believe in God is so another reason I like spending time in Dubai. It doesn't matter.
0: Okay. So right there, his, his, his explanation, and we're going to watch more of this, but he just said that he wants to live in a country where corruption is open to everyone, which is an interesting statement. He also said they don't care about money, which is a weird statement to make when you're saying the great thing is that anyone in the country can bribe people. That's sort of an indicator that money has corrupted your society to a level where, like... No one is going to morally stand up to people. So he's an idiot.
1: Whether It's a law or God or whatever you want to call him. I like that. And also I like Eastern Europe as a whole because corruption is far more accessible. I find it offensive that a police officer in England will stop me for speeding and then refuse to take a bribe and pretend that. <laughs> that... No, no, no. But I'll tell you why. Because he'll sit there and go, no, this is the law, law and order and pretend that the law means something. And, and fuck me over but if you're a billionaire or if you're boris johnson you can go to epstein's island you can fucking throw parties during covid you can do whatever the fuck you want right so the whole the whole idea of law and order is a lie the whole idea of it's bullshit it's just about if you're high enough you can throw it all away i'd rather be in a society where if i'm in prague and they stop me for speeding and they say bro you were speeding oh here's 50 bucks all right cool cool bye bye if corruption exists which it does let us all play Why do only they get to play and I don't get to play? So you live in England and they're gonna come around and spout law and order at you all day long, but the elites, they ignore all law and order. It's always been bullshit, it's always been lies. So they're gonna sit here and lock you in your house or force you to wear a mask while they get to do whatever the fuck they want. And I don't like being anyone's peon or anyone's sheep. So I like living in a society where my money and my influence and my power means I'm not below or beholden to any of these bullshit laws. Cause Mm -hmm. laws are, laws and the whole idea of law, the whole idea of justice, the whole idea of fair, Oh, you got me started now. All of it, all Bro of it. Us, no, no, no let's go, going, but... go, All of it is a fucking lie. I don't think most people living in society now actually understand that every single thing, every single institution which is.
0: Okay, that's about enough of that garbage. All right, now I understand that some of you listening might be going, oh, that makes sense. I, I, if, the, if the big guys on top can do it, then I should be able to do it too. Yeah, well, here's the thing though. That That is um, morally nihilistic that's a morally nihilistic position to take you're essentially saying man i wish i could be a fucking piece of shit too man it's so unfair these these big guys these big corporate guys get to abuse people and take advantage of the system and and just pay their way out of trouble man it should be corruption should be free for everyone See, that's that's nonsense. That's, that's a morally nihilistic concept. It, he's literally putting capitalism above morality. He's saying, yeah, me spending my money should be the last line of anything. That's what he's saying. Even if he doesn't know he's saying that. Because, I'm going to be honest here, I don't think he always knows what he's saying. Just based on listening to him. Also, he moved to i don't know is prague and romania whatever country this is or if he's just grabbing examples from other like eastern european countries like he goes off complaining about how america is so corrupt and london is so corrupt which i'm not denying any of those things but like the solution to corruption isn't that people who are moderately rich, like Andrew Tate, who it is said makes roughly somewhere between 5 and $8 million a month off of his Hustlers University MLM, he's not poor either. It's not like Andrew Tate is advocating for freedom for everyone. Andrew Tate is advocating for the freedom of people who make like $8 million a month. So, yeah. The argument he's making here is for blatant corruption. Now, on a certain level, I'm sure there are some people who are listening to that and going, Oh, man, he's so based. And I guess you could say he is based. He's certainly someone who says whatever he feels. uh, Which is interesting, uh, because a major one of his arguments... A big thing he talks about is how uh, women are the emotional irrational ones. Which, by the way, is a problematic view to have. It's not really based on anything. Especially not since, well, Tate gets pretty emotional about a lot of things. He was recently in an interview with, he was recently in a debate with, famous socialist Hassan Piker. They weren't talking economy, the economy or anything. Basically, Andrew Tate had insisted that uh, women were worse drivers than men, and Hassan Piker basically brought up the fact that all the statistical data kind of contradicts that point. At which point they just kept going around and around in a circle where hassan just point kept pointing out to Tate that tate's feelings on the matter and personal experience don't necessarily construct the whole picture of reality and andrew tate considered started to just get very upset including a part where he just took his headphones off to smoke his cigar and the host of the show aiden ross basically responded with oh yeah he I forget, I think it was Aiden Ross who said it, but someone on the show was like, oh yeah, he just just gets stressed out sometimes, and he has to, and it's like, (sighs) you, you literally are a person who spends a lot of time talking about how women are the emotionally unstable people, but here you are, not even able to engage Hassan Piker when he has you in a fucking corner which doesn't come off as very alpha behavior. And now, you see, this is the thing, though. Part of the alpha male image is that the alpha male image's justification is to validate your own selfishness, which is interesting because that that lines up with the worst version of a leader, the type of leader who is bad. You see, the major confusion that a lot of these grifters seem to have about the concept of an alpha is that they present the alpha as merely being the apex of masculinity. This hard-going person who never stops, who never quits, who doesn't cry, who's here to work out and fuck pussy. He's the alpha male. He's in charge, he's large, he's in charge, and he'll make you his bitch. That's the alpha male. And they're selling this to you because it's based. And by based, I mean (laughs) it appeals directly to you on an emotional level. If you are a confused young man in your late teens, early 20s, who's always struggled with things in life, then you're going to hear this shit. And you might say, oh my God. That sounds very relatable to me, because what he's doing is justifying your worst emotional impulses to be a dick. And ultimately, that is what he is promoting as being an alpha. But the thing is, is that based on the original misguided interpretation of alpha, an alpha is identified as, well, a leader. In a herd situa- in a pack situation, the Alpha is the leader. Let me explain another thing about Andrew Tate before I go into this. Andrew Tate runs an MLM, or Pyramid Scheme, called Hustler University, as I mentioned earlier, where basically where basically young men pay him, I think it's $50 a month to gain access to a bunch of fine, essentially... Financial investment videos that are supposed to help you make money. Now, fi- some financial people, some fi- more financially minded people than me, have actually tested these things, and essentially the outcome was is that they are presented in a way that make them look very legitimate, but in practice, uh, don't make anybody any money. In fact, the people who tested it lost money, like eighty percent of the money they invested. Something like that. I think those were the numbers. Who knows? I didn't pull that up. <clears throat> so, yeah. That's a problem. But the point is, is that it's an MLM. Because once you... Because part of being in it is part of the way you make money is by basically promoting Andrew Tate. Putting out links to his stuff across the internet for him. And then, you sell, the idea is that you then recruit other people to join Hustler University, and get a cut of them joining. Meanwhile, Andrew Tate is at the, is upstream of all of this, getting a cut of everything. Seems like a pyramid scheme to me. I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but his own description sounds like a pyramid scheme. (coughs) But anyways, why is that important to what I'm about to say next? Because under that definition, and considering the fact he is at the top of a pyramid scheme, you could in this situation say that Andrew Tate is an alpha. He is leading whatever the fuck this thing is. However, and this is the big thing, is that he's selling the idea of being an alpha to all of his followers the idea that his advice will make you an alpha now the thing about that theory though is that if an alpha is a leader and the beta is the follower and this is an important thing to note the grift is that betas are always meant to be portrayed as weak the cucks the people who are whining and complaining and can't protect themselves. Low testosterone men. The men who, you know, are just sawing out all over the place. And that's what they sell beta as. However, according to the original descriptions of beta, a beta would be, well, a VP or a, essentially a high-level follower. A follower. You know, the people who have to follow the Alpha in order to give the Alpha his actual power. Those are the Betas. Just a bunch of followers waiting behind the Alpha to take his spot when he's done. Now, of course, we know from the family situation that the Beta would actually be... the. We know from... Yeah, the family situation that we now understand of herd uh, animals. We now know that that would actually be the Mom. And the other ones actually aren't Betas. They're just the kids. Well, that makes all the messaging of the Alpha Beta Grift, uh nonsense. But even if he's using the original leader-follower situation, he is literally setting up what can only be described as a further con or grift. By definition, there can only ever be one Alpha in a pack. So what he is selling people on, the ultimate goal of becoming one of his gold room members, I forget, war room, that's what it is, of working your way up to war room status, where you supposedly can hang out with him on jets and drink liquor and probably bang hookers based on everything that, we, that the internet has, knows about Andrew Tate. Uh, <clears throat> those people, those people who worked their ass up that pyramid to get to that point, are technically the betas. Because the beta concept as a personality type, as these, like, cucks, is not based in anything. In fact, the whole concept is bizarrely elitist. The concept that your closest follower is also the work, the weakest piece of shit in your whole thing? That doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. So that's the thing, is that alpha has just been sold as the thing you want to be, with de- disconnected from beta and what beta is meant to be seen as. Instead, turned into pseudoscience, and to be fair, it was previously bad science, but now it is pseudoscience, which is worse than bad science, to a degree, I think. That makes sense, right? Because pseudoscience is bad, but it's also less sciency. I don't know how this is measured. Let's continue. The point is, is that the alpha-beta system just totally breaks down when you introduce it to the personality test and the way they're supposed to work. Like, it doesn't matter what the other weird letters of the Greek alphabet they've added. They're all bullshit. They're not based on anything. People made them up to sound cool. And the additional letters were made up by people who didn't feel like they fit in to the to the alpha beta thing or the omega thing. No, they're like, oh, we gotta have other other letters. So they invented shit like the Sigma male, which is supposed to be like the alpha alpha male i don't know it's fucking it's all made up it's all made up it's a nonsense penis religion it's just there to fill you with a masculine sense of purpose which i get people desperately want purpose it's one of the things that makes us human is the will to have purpose but it's also what makes you vulnerable to people like Andrew fucking Tate and Jordan Peterson. Because they're just out here selling you snake oil. These things they're telling you are bad. Andrew Tate is a corrupt person running a corrupt game. He's selling you shit you don't need. He's selling you lies. He's selling you a con. He just wants to live big and be on top. And he doesn't care how he gets there. Whether it's sex trafficking, s- exploiting sex workers by taking 80% of what they make, running questionable casinos that he kept open during COVID, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera Or his blatant statements of how he is totally okay manipulating and bribing the system he's not opposed to corruption as long as corruption is available to him these concepts are like I said before morally nihilistic Andrew Tate doesn't believe in anything, not really the only thing Andrew Tate believes in is how to win and that's the problem this attitude of win- this is when you put winning above all other things. Let me explain. So, some people, and this is a weird thing that no one talks about, but you need to be aware of it. So that because if you are not aware of it, you may <laughs> fall into an MLM. It is possible to make a profit and make money. While working your way through a pyramid scheme or MLM. The thing is, is that in order to do that, you have to be ruthless as fuck. Like, the average person is not going to have it in them to actually make money in an MLM. Because to make money in an MLM, you can't just be selling a product and hoping people want it. No. No. To make money on MLM, you have to sell it the way Andrew Tate sells it. Like a grifter. You have to be willing to sell out to anyone you know. You have to be willing to... You have to be capable of pitching people on something and selling them like a salesperson, which is not an easy job and is a real motherfucker of a brainfuck to be involved with. But you have to be like Andrew Tate if you want to succeed in an MLM. So in a weird way, Andrew Tate is at least creating the right atmosphere to succeed in being ripped off. One of ruthlessness, one of corruption, one one where you put winning and selling above anything else. That's what Andrew Tate is selling nihilistic capitalism that is morally bankrupt and only benefits him. The thing is, Andrew Tate's not the only person out there like this. The internet is full of these motherfuckers. People who go to the gym and want to feel deep and good about what they're doing to their bodies so that they can sell it on the internet bragging about how they're not a cuck so that they can convince insects to buy into this. Of course, incels are involuntary uh, celibate people. And they tend to be an extremely toxic online community, where essentially men have gathered to complain about the fact that no one wants to have sex with them. And you see, these men are deeply insecure, they have a lot of problems going on. And they don't know how to change themselves, or better term, monology, improve themselves to get where they want to get. And Andrew Tate and the con artists around him and like him sound appealing to these types of people. Desperate men. Men who are desperate to make something of themselves. Men who are desperate to feel some sense of purpose. But men who also inherently have an abject bias against feminism and women or anything that can be perceived as feminine because and this is a real problem these people believe that women are out to get them and that women will only go for well guys like Andrew Tate ironically men who are attractive and charismatic of course this is a gross oversimplification of the situation because the reality is that women are also individuals who are different from one another and the idea that women are only looking for one thing in a guy is dumb 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 do men who make money and are attractive possibly have some superficial advantages Ah, yeah technically they do but they're also more likely to attract partners that they're going to need to leave or break up with because they've attracted them for superficial reasons men who struggle with these kinds of things it is possible for you to find women or you know what, it is possible for people who struggle with these things to find other people to love them and are more likely to find a more certain person or a more dedicated partner Due to the fact that they will want to be with you for a deeper, more meaningful reason than they are tall, have a lot of money, or are incredibly good looking. Don't get me wrong. Those are great things to attract people to you. And ultimately, what you want to learn how to do is attract people to you. Because chasing people makes people uncomfortable. Just a fun fact. I... This is not... I'm, I'm not here to give dating advice. I'm, I'm just trying to show the problems in these philosophies that Andrew Tate is putting out. And people like Andrew Tate. I did not mean for this to be so much of me talking about Andrew Tate, to be completely honest. But he's... He's such a good poster boy for the problem. If that makes any sense. But he's not the only person doing it. And even though... And sure, he may... Be out here spreading that. You see, Andrew Tate is a muscly meathead who's going for based emotional reactions. And he's. It's kind of working out for him. But interestingly enough, his approach, though, is different, yet remarkably similar to another person who's anti feminist and anti woke and etc jordan peterson i don't technically need to talk about jordan peterson in this video but i want to talk about jordan peterson in this video what could i possibly say about jordan peterson that i didn't say in my other jordan peterson video uh he looks like the scarecrow from batman if the scarecrow from batman was like super old and had hair plugs <laughs> no i just i'm sorry The things I want to say about Jordan Peterson is this, is that Jordan Peterson does do the same things that Andrew Tate does. And I don't mean the gross masculine posturing. If there's one thing I can appreciate about Jordan Peterson is that Jordan Peterson's elements of toxic masculinity don't manifest in him uh, continuously posturing his masculinity, um, which makes him easier to absorb. But that's not good. The fact that he would, it might appeal to more sensitive men, or men who can see, or men who can see through Andrew Tate, means that he's just out here picking up the people who are either too intellectual to fall for Andrew Tate, or too, um, or would probably get beat up by Andrew Tate. <clears throat> Jordan Peterson, also interestingly enough, has a very anti-woman message, and I don't think he views his message is anti-woman, that needs to be specified. He's not going for the anti-woman vibe on purpose. He just hates them. Claims he doesn't. But, if he liked women, he probably wouldn't describe himself as a traditionalist. Now, Jordan Peterson is uh quite a guy, who is a psychologist, by the way. And let me read you just some tiny bits and pieces from his Wikipedia. Now, I don't know if this list of influences are really his, or if these are just things that people have claimed were his influences. Um, But here's a list of the people who are supposedly his influences. Theodore... Oh, Dostoevsky, I probably butchered that. Carl Jung, Eric Newman. I don't know who that one is. But specifically right here in the middle, I have to draw attention to Friedrich Nietzsche, who was a nihilist, which is interesting. I don't really know how Jordan Peterson's views of the world could possibly line up with Nietzsche. And then next he lists george orwell which is also an interesting one because george orwell would say that uh, he hates jordan peterson because jordan peterson doesn't know shit about george orwell as proven by his comments about george orwell which other people have debunked and i don't need to go into here but he clearly doesn't know shit about george orwell who was a democratic socialist Did Orwell, when he was younger, at one point, say really fucked up shit about socialists? Uh, Yeah, he did, actually. But um, that was when he was mostly just hanging out with socialists who he considered to be douchebags. But upon finding himself in other parts of the world where he experienced things like poverty and saw the way that the working man was treated, he realized that the socialists were right, just that the people who were talking to him about socialism were douchebags. Which, you know, the thing that happens when people get beliefs they're really into and they want to talk about it all the time. There's a couple others here, but those were the two that stuck out to me from his thing. Now, the thing is that Jordan Peterson also describes himself as being two different kinds of things here. First, he calls himself a classic, classical liberal which is a political ideology and branch of liberalism that advocates free market and laissez-faire economics, civil liberties under the rule of law, with an emphasis on limited government, economic freedom, and political freedom. It was developed in the early 19th century, building on ideas from the previous century as a response to urbanization and to the Industrial Revolution in Europe and North America. George Orwell tells... George Orwell would say that you should suck a dick, Jordan Peterson. (sighs) Now, classical liberalism is, of course, what we now refer to as libertarianism. And the big problem here is, of course, the laissez-faire capitalism, because as we all know, laissez-faire capitalism is not necessarily a plus, as laissez-faire capitalism was a huge part of how Britain decided to genocide the Irish... Look it up. It basically enforced laissez-faire capitalism to prevent any relief from coming to Ireland during its famine. The biggest irony of which would be was that the major thing the United Kingdom's, I'm sorry, Britain, used Ireland for was to farm cows, that's meat, the meat of which would be shipped back to Britain. So literally, hundreds of thousands of people starving to death in Ireland, begging for beef, and and Britain li- literally being like, Nope, that's for Britain. You didn't pay for it. Not only that, but they used laissez-faire economics to essentially prevent foreign aid and British aid even from reaching the Irish, who had previously been about to receive aid from the British government. However, the use of laissez-faire economics were used to shut down this aid. So laissez-faire economics (laughs) aren't always good. He also refers to himself as a traditionalist conservative. Let's read what that is. Traditional conservatism, often known as classical conservatism, is a political and social philosophy that emphasizes the importance of transcendent moral principles allegedly manifested through certain natural laws, to which society should adhere prudently. Traditionalist conservatism is based on Aristotle and Edmund Burke's political views. Traditionalists value social ties and the preservation of ancestral institutions, above, and what they see as excessive individualism. So, which is it, Jordan Peterson? Which of these things do you believe in? Because classical liberalism is by definition individualistic. Meanwhile, traditionalist conservatism is the opposite pushing for institutions above individualism. It's worth noting that Aristotle... <laughs> Aristotle with lived thousands of years ago. Don't get me wrong. Aristotle had a lot of good things to say. But he had no conception of almost any of the problems we face now. Oh, let you know. There's also... It says here that traditionalist conservatism is not to be confused with traditionalist, the traditionalist school, don't know what that is, or new conservatism, the movement from China. Interesting. But where was I? So Jordan Peterson has conflicting, has kind of conflicting political viewpoints, which is probably what allows him to gain so much, you know, crossover appeal from conservatives and liberals. But here's the thing I want to tell you. The most important aspect of traditionalist conservatism is that it is anti-individualist. Which is a big point to make. Because ultimately the arguments that Jordan Peterson are making are for conformity. To conform form to a standard specifically his standard his poorly written confusing mess of standards natural laws is an interesting concept however for me to take it seriously I would need him to explain both how a law what the natural laws were and how we naturally received them what are we defining as natural Laws. I mean, don't get me wrong. We all had to read Locke in college. But, uh, I don't remember any of that shit. The point is, part, the point is, is that he wants us all to become conformists. Which is similar to what Andrew Tate wants, because Andrew Tate wants you to join his MLM. Oh, and Jordan Peterson wants you to buy his books and watch him on, oh shit, I forgot, da- The Daily Wire and on YouTube. Jordan Peterson wants you to think that he is a highly intellectual person who has very historic looks and attitudes towards the world. Of course, he doesn't, which is proven every time he begins to talk about anything remotely Valuable, Gordon Peterson's views on psychology—the thing he supposedly has a degree in, which he does—I shouldn't have said uh, supposedly—is psychology. In fact, let's see here what it's actually called. His his he received his Ph.D. from McGill University in. All right, uh, let's take me to the education button. After graduating Fairview High School, and I don't give a fuck where he went to high school, went to study political science and English literature, studying to be a corporate lawyer. During this time, he read The Road to Wigan Pier by George Orwell, which significantly affected his educational focus and worldview. Oof, that's got to hurt Orwell. Hit him right in the balls right he's going to turn in his grave he later transferred to the university of alberta where he completed his ba in political science in 1982 afterwards he took a year off to visit europe where he began studying the psychological origins of the cold war 20th century european totalitarianism and the works of carl jung Friedrich nietzsche alexander solzhenitsyn I think, and Fyodor, Do- Fyo- Fyodor Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky. Peterson then returned to University of Alberta and received a B.A. in Psychologist in 1984. In 1985, he moved to Montreal to attend McGill University. He earned his Ph.D. in Clinical Psychology under the supervision of Robert O. Phil in 1991 and remained a postdoctoral fellow at McGill Douglas Hospital until 19... 19- until June 1993. While at McGill University and Douglas Hospital, Peterson conducted research into familial alcoholism and associated psychopathologies such as childhood and adolescent aggression and hyperactive behavior. So, the answer is clinical psychology. That's what he's got his degree in. Not any of those other things that he's mentioned before. Like, his understanding of history is bad. I've heard him explain things from the Bible. I don't think he's read the Bible. Or at least he doesn't remember it. He is old, after all, at this point. And like anyone who spends too much time studying the Cold War, he definitely built in a bunch of bullshit into his head about Marxism which is another word that conservatives don't use correctly. What's another thing Andrew Tate and him have in common? Mostly misogyny. Mostly misogyny. I honestly don't know how Jordan Peterson's wife puts up with him. Apparently she's a very strong willed woman with a very sarcastic sense of humor which apparently is something he likes about her which is interesting because he looks like someone who's always ready to cry not that there's anything wrong with crying in fact maybe the problem is that Jordan Peterson really needs to cry and him constantly holding it back for decades is slowly rotting his brain with chemicals that should have been fleshed out by the crying I lost my train of thought at the end of the day, Jordan Peterson and Andrew Tate are sophists and grifters. And we know they're sophists and grifters because they have something to sell. And the thing they're selling you is themselves. The thing they're selling it for is a piece of your identity. They're going to throw in actually good advice with a bunch of their shenanigans because that's how you get bad things in people's heads is by attaching it to good things. When Jordan Peterson says to clean your room, that's good advice. When Jordan... When Andrew Tate says you need to be more confident, technically true. If one of them tells you to exercise, you know, it's good to do things to get the circulation in your body moving, regardless of your attitude towards building muscles, or losing weight, physical activity is good for your circulation system, regardless of if you're not doing trying to do either of those things. Doing things like this will help you. However, doing things like claiming that depression is not a real thing, thanks, Andrew, you fucking douche, or constantly... ...putting out questionable attitudes... ...towards women, trans people, and homosexuals... Uh, ...oh, both of them. Both of them do that. They're here to get in your head. They want to say things... ...that feel right to you. Because feeling right... ...is what's important to them. Because that's how they hook you. What they're doing is an emotional... ...appeal... ...that goes into the guise of telling you... ...that you have no emotions for them to manipulate but they do but you you do and that's what they're doing they're prying away at your male insecurity to get inside your head to dig into it with pseudo bullshit about alphas and betas and dragons or whatever the fuck whatever the fuck Jordan Peterson is talking about in that fucking book They're making an emotional appeal to you. Because what they're saying is not rational. In fact, the major problem with any type of traditionalist philosophy is that it's cherry-picking of history. Both of them also make appeals to past masculinity. But this is a lie. Masculinity is not something that is consistent over thousands of years. It changes. It shapes differently. The ancient Greeks and Romans believed that crying was extremely masculine because it showed the passion inside that a man could have. So in their societies, it was considered an act of absolute manliness to let tears stream down your face. And And men used to wear heels... And do makeup at different... And this, we joke about how gay these men seem today. You can't see the air quotes I'm making. But the reality is, is that at their time, that's what someone in Andrew Tate's social status level would have fucking dressed like. Okay, I think I just had a great idea for the opening sketch. (laughs) Alright, I've worn myself down. I'm tired of talking about both these douchebags. I hope I made a point. I may not have. Uh I never know until I listen back to it. But the point is, uh fuck both these guys. Only don't fuck them. You should not have sex with them. It's probably terrible. It's probably terrible sex. For like opposite reasons. But thank you for listening. Please, please, uh, please like or follow or subscribe or do whatever you do, at wherever you're listening, if you haven't already. I talk a lot about a lot of weird shit, and you should definitely be listening to some of that. Check it out. Talk, talk about a variety of things. And I'm so glad you've been listening, if you've been listening. You can also reach out to me at my email rubinuncut at gmail.com and uh, if you're listening to this on Anchor or you just want to go to the Anchor website, you can also leave me a voicemail if you would like to hear me listen to your recording on air, because I'll do that well no, I will listen to it I was going to say I'll just put it in there but I'll listen to it too alright peace out Yo. All right, and we're back with the Jordan Peterson show. And uh what are we doing next, Andrew Tate? Well, bruv, let me tell you. Now we're going to talk about Hustlers University. Oh, and, and what's that? Would you mind telling me? It's really simple, bruv. Give me your fucking money.